0: back to the Hockey Hurts podcast. I am Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And it is September 26th of 2014. And it's been about a month since our last podcast. Um, combination of slow topics and some domain issues with the site. But those have been taken care of and we are back. So podcast today we are actually going to take a look at the Metropolitan Division and I still can't believe that's a division name <laughs> that's brutal it's oh, terrible but um, we're going to take a look at that division and kind of what the strengths and weaknesses are of each of the teams and and how we feel that they'll they'll finish in the regular season so um, that'll be what we do today and First off, we have Carolina Hurricanes. And well, this are I think so. Um, Carolina would be a team that most people would look to to finish last in the division. Uh, I was one of them, and I certainly still am. And the reason for that, Jordan Stahl being out, he will be out four to five months with surgery and what was the specific injury to him?
1: Uh, broken fibula. So the small bone, I think it was the outside. So it's the bone on the outside of his right leg. Um, you can actually, if you go and have a look at the article, I wrote, you can actually see when I think it's Josh George's fell on him. Um, you can actually see his skate kind of gets stuck and just that twisting, wrenching motion too much. I mean, it's, it's basically broken right at the top of the skate where the, the break is. It's just the pressure. I mean, it's unfortunate. You can't train to avoid that. It's just a broken bone in a really bad spot. Lower, lower limb injuries are, are tough for a sport like hockey because of the amount of work that goes into the legs. He's going to have so much atrophy by the time he comes out of his cast. It's a, it's a long trek back.
0: And he, of course you know for 6 million people are going to point to his offensive totals which don't match up with that salary but that doesn't mean he's still not a very good player he he plays the toughest minutes he has good possession while playing against the best of the NHL um he he's he's just not a top-notch offensive player he's he's not a pig by any means at that he he certainly can contribute offense, maybe not at six mil, but to lose him is irreplaceable. He's one of the best defensive centers in hockey on a team that I thought was going to finish in last place anyways. Um, As you
1: said, though, it is a blessing in disguise for them in a sense because it could give them a chance to deliberately accidentally bottom out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at their roster, not very impressive. They're missing – Star power up front. Eric Stahl's a very good player, but he's kind of pushing into that slightly past prime, not gonna regain his dominance of yesteryear. Alex Semmon, seven mil a year, not eh. he's not he's not as bad as people make him out to be, but
1: no, you but know, he's GM, hes certainly at that
0: contract. I've always viewed him as kind of as a luxury player more than a main centerpiece of a team. I like Jeff Skinner, but past that you're looking at Yuri Tlusti and guys like Nathan Gerby. It gets thin quick. (laughs) It does. And, um, what, what better way to make that forward depth pretty good again than getting a McDavid or an Eichel. And I think they're well on their way to, uh, you know, finishing dead last, yeah, you only got twenty percent chance at McDavid, but you're guaranteed Eichel. And I think Carolina has a greater chance, as any, to guarantee themselves one or the other.
1: Well, they'll be they'll be fighting with Buffalo maybe, but um,
0: you know, <laughs> and poor Buffalo, their best run at a Cup was coming out of the lockout in o five o six, and they had Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they all their defensemen got hurt. So um, it was a fluke. Buffalo probably would have won that series if they didn't lose like five of their defensemen, <laughs> which is a lot.
1: That's why it's hard to win this thing. I mean, it, it, it there's just as well, by the time you get to the pointy end, there's it, just as much luck involved as there is about preparation and having skilled players and non-skilled players. It's just it's so hard.
0: But I don't think Buffalo in a year that I think the fans have accepted the tank and are expecting them to do just that. If Carolina swooped in and bumped them out of that top two, I think that would open up some old wounds. I know yes, people uh, in my neck of the woods would not be happy about that. Yeah. Of all teams, the Carolina Hurricanes. And
1: wrongfully so. Sorry. <laughs>
0: so we both agree. They're um, bottom of the division.
1: Look, they're in struggle town. Um, I'd be surprised if they weren't bottom of the division. And, and like you said, I was thinking the same thing even before stall got hurt. Oh, I think what they should should do either way is is play Cam Ward a lot because I think he's a bit of a sieve. Um, and maybe someone will take a flyer on him at the deadline, and and they can then just run with Hudobin. But, but you know, that's all up in the air. But yeah, I think I think they'll be last in the division.
0: And maybe in the NHL, so I think we both agree there. Um, yeah. Columbus Blue Jackets, they did a great job last year returning to the playoffs. They pushed the Penguins pretty hard. Um, I think they're a team on the rise. I think they have good people in charge. Um, I know they've gotten some bad news recently with Nathan Horton with his back condition, but They were playing against the Penguins pretty well without Horton anyways. Um, The bigger news is Ryan Johansson and his contract. It's creating a lot of drama now, but does anybody really believe that he won't be signed and playing for them this year?
1: I I think the player that's most important for this team moving forward in this season is the one you mentioned first is Nathan Horton. If he can't get on the ice – they, they lose that punch that they need because Johansson will get get on the ice. I think we both agree on that. At what stage and in, in early what... in
0: the year, yeah. So early I mean, if he, um,
1: if he misses twenty games or whatever, it's not going to affect what happens happens for them post deadline in regards to pushing for a playoff spot. But um, without, I just think without Horton, they sort of need that running mate that that's dynamic in regards to his. He can go cold, by – don't, don't get me wrong there, but he can, when he gets hot, he's, he's a massive threat. So um, I think if he can't get fit and healthy, that's tough for Columbus in regards to winning a round because you know, we both think they're going to make, make the playoffs. For them to actually get out of the first round of the, the division playoffs, that, that's what they're going
0: to need. Yes. Um, losing Horton would set them back a little bit. Obviously, they've allocated a lot of money towards him. He, yeah. he makes more than any forward on the roster right now at 5.3 million. But what I will say is, I, I think Cam Atkinson is looking at a breakout season. Yeah, uh, the I other night he was a speed demon against the Penguins. And yes, it's preseason, but um, he looked very good. I think he'll uh, start producing more offense. And losing R.J. Umberger and getting Scott Hartnell, yeah, he may slow down by the end of his contract term, but that's not now. He's still a good player right now, and that will help them this season. So I think between Atkinson and Hartnell, losing Horton is more manageable. But if he can play, all the better.
1: It, that, that's right. I mean, we're we're sort of looking at that as a worst case scenario of Horton not actually getting on the ice, but um, hopefully he does. I mean, they they play a fun style of hockey. I like Brobroski. He's good fun to watch in net. Um, yeah, it's handy for it's handy for them that they've got a they've got a goal a goaltender there that that actually keeps the puck out of the net in, in awkward situations. So um, it should they should be good fun to watch. Their 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 decor is interesting in that. I don't know if I want to use the word serviceable, but it they don't have anyone that really jumps out here. People Oh
0: yes use, they do. People
1: will use Jack Johnson. Oh,
0: and I'm one of them. He's a he's a tire fire.
1: No, no, no. I I look, I know your opinion on Jack Johnson, but I think overall that group is great. They seem to um complement each other really well.
0: They're acceptable. They're not great. Jack Johnson, yeah. <laughs>
1: I only mentioned his name to get that reaction out of you.
0: <laughs> his course in the preseason against the Penguins the other night was minus 12. He's, Crosby and Malkin were not in the game, so as, <laughs> as you were. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's playing against a bunch of borderline AHL guys. He's minus freaking 12. So
1: do you think the Jackets can skip a couple of teams – And not have to play as the fourth team, or do you reckon they'll
0: they'll end up for second place?
1: Yep, okay, and second, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, okay, second place. Yep, all right, that's just what I was curious with because I think they'll be better than last year,
0: yeah. Um, and for some of the reasons I stated earlier, the Atkinson Hartnell combo, Dubinsky's a good center, um, I think i think a lot of people have gone a little bit overboard uh acting as though he shut down Sidney crosby in the playoffs which which is not true crosby had like 60 percent possession against him but he had a bum wrist and couldn't finish the plays but the process he wasn't shutting him down he was they played out of their own end the whole time but i'm nitpicking there he he's he's an all right player um
1: He does what's asked of him, basically. You ask him to do something, he'll go and do it. I think he'd be a coach's dream, to be honest.
0: And I can't let the Blue Jackets section here go by without mentioning my boy Brian Gibbons. Yes. (laughs) I I don't know where he'll fit in with them, but I think he'll be a regular in the lineup, whether that's fourth line or um, wherever they put him. I, um, I think he's a good kind of, lower-end guy to have on the team. Not that I think he's lower-end per se, but if like he's on your team, he, he can always do a great job on the penalty kill, great speed, and if you need him to, to throw him out there, he can jump. He, I mean, he played with Crosby. It wasn't ideal, but he did it. He, like, he's your he proto, can make a he's fool the of new himself. Style of, he's the
1: new style of bottom six slash bottom three forward that you need. You need someone that can actually play. Yeah, he's he's what you'd call is the new um, penalty kill specialist because when he's on the ice in five-on-five situations, he's not a pig, as you'd like to say. He can actually contribute and he can contribute to the point where, yeah, if you have to put him up into the top two lines for a period or even one or two games just to fill a hole due to injuries and stuff, he can do that and not destroy what's going on with the team. So he's the sort of player team should be looking for to fill those bottom six roster holes that you have because he's fast. um, And with the way that the game seems to be moving now, speed's really important. So you can't have a lumbering six foot four guy as your fourth line left or right wing because they're (laughs) like a pylon; They just get skated by. So until teams jump on to stuff like that, teams like Columbus who have done it have an advantage.
0: Couldn't agree more. So where do you have them finishing?
1: Um, It's tough for me because I don't know what's going to go on with the Rangers and the Islanders. They're the two for me that because all these teams play each other so much, if a team has a good run against another team, they can jump them in the stands so quickly. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the divisional setup. Um, I I probably have them um, anywhere from second to fourth
0: in the division. I think that's appropriate. I ha- I happen to have them second, but yeah, certainly. You know, a lot of variables at play when you make these predictions. You're obviously not going to be eight for eight.
1: No, I say we come back to this when the playoffs are decided, and we could be wrong with every single one.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, who is next? Devils. Yes, New Jersey Devils.
1: Um, the New Jersey Czech Republic.
0: Yes, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, no. Losing Broder is a great, good thing. Great thing. <laughs> um, he cost them hugely last year.
1: Well, he, he basically cost the playoffs.
0: I I don't know if I want to go as strong as that, just because. Um, They didn't score goals either for whatever reason. They were a great possession team, but they they, they didn't have finishers to, to cash it's in nice. on that possession. Yeah. But, you know, Broder stunk. Corey Schneider was great last year, and they split the games 50-50. They sucked in the shootout. That cost them big time. But you could make the argument, why were they in the shootout to begin with? And chances are it probably came back to marty broder on most nights. But does it
1: uh, seem wrong to does it seem wrong to you that Ryan Klo earns more than Jeremy Yega? Um yeah,
0: I don't think he necessarily does. I I am not saying you're wrong and I'd have to look it up. I think Jagger's straight up cap hit is like 3.5 yeah, I think he has performance incentives in there. Okay. Which may bump him. I'll actually try and look him up.
1: Oh no, 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 that's I'm just I'm just looking at the, the numbers. No, in the but chart. Ryan
0: Close kind of like, oh boy, <laughs> what do we do there with that contract? Yeah, well, I, it,
1: one one thing I'll say about the salary cap is that there aren't many teams that have that don't have one of those contracts. Every team's got one of those contracts where you look at it and go, what the hell? Whether they traded for that contract or whether they did it themselves to themselves um, or it's just one of those things like Ryan Klo, that's the contract I'm looking at there going, he doesn't seem to fit where he's situated at the moment.
0: And by the way, Jagger is a 5.5 cap hit Yep. with the performance bonuses.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so they could be paying at the end of the year
0: yes it may be added to next year next year i don't know how it works
1: yep lower well, paying 2.25 for overage from last year
0: yeah i can admit my shortcomings some of the salary stuff i just don't have enough hours in the day to get all the particulars no, that's a good point and there are people that do really good salary cut work
1: out there so you just use their stuff
0: yes um I think a guy that flies under the radar a lot for the Devils because his offensive numbers aren't terrific, um, but I do think he's kind of in the mold of a Jordan Stall is is Travis Ajak. Yep. He quietly goes about his business. He does an excellent job against tough competition. Um, I believe he does take on the tougher assignments. Offense, not spectacular, but I mean, he is. It's okay, I suppose, but...
1: It's tough, you know, because he's your prototypical two-way center, and he earns 5.75 mil, and as soon as anyone gets to to five and above, it's almost like there's an expectation from everyone that their points per game has to be up around that 0.8, 0.9, and that's not what they're paying him for. They're not paying for him to do that. They'd love it if he did produce a little bit more offense, but he's out there taking the tough minutes and, and trying to make sure that you know the team's got a chance to win. He might not be the one that that scores the points to do it, but he's definitely making sure that they're they're a good chance to win the game.
0: And put it this way, um, you're you can bank on him getting 40 points a year minimum. He's had a yeah. few seasons where he's had 62 and, and and 67 points. Last year he had 48, and I think he can even improve up, up, upon that. Um, again, so.
1: If you get if you get 50 points out of him with positive possession numbers, then Zayax worth every part of that 50. Exactly, and out. the
0: key to not only having the positive possession is is the matchups he takes on. Yeah. So if he's gaining the edge and tipping the scales in possession against the other team's better players, and you still get 50-ish points out of him, that's that's really good, and yeah, and I do got, think that's money well spent. Yeah, you've got dollar value there. So they, do, they did try to address the, the goal-scoring woes that they had last year. Um, they signed Mike Camilleri. He's been known as an all-right goal scorer throughout his career. Um, and also Marty Havlett for $1.5 million. I, I think that's a, a good risk-reward signing.
1: I, I agree. If the guy can play 60 games, which is half his problem, I think they'll get a lot out of him.
0: And I know we brought him up, but I want to go into more detail about him because it's Devils and he's on their team. I I love Yamir Yager. I love that yes. he's playing another year. I was waiting for it. <laughs> he's the best. He's one of my favorite players growing up. Um my personal playing style along the boards, I, you know, I try. Obviously, not at that level, but I try to to gain body position like he does against the wall, sticking your ass out, trying to to you know protect the puck. And a lot of that, mm-hmm. for me, growing up, I, I cop, I tried to copy what he did. So every year well, he plays, you copy. I you copied the right work rate of a player anyway. Jesus. Yeah, but he's 40 he's going to be 43 he'll he'll probably get 50 points this year he's he's awesome
1: it's amazing that you can basically guarantee 50 points and he's just it almost looks like sometimes that he's not trying you know he's just sort of coasting and it just makes it look so easy
0: and i have a pipe dream yeah still want Pittsburgh to trade for him well that'd require Jersey
1: falling off the map. Because they'll trade him. If they're not gonna win the playoffs, they'll trade him. They'll trade him somewhere where he could win.
0: I don't think he wants to be traded like he was in Dallas. I think he's comfortable in New Jersey, but I think they're I think if the Penguins went out of their way and were very open about acquiring him for a trade, I I think he would uh be somewhat open to it.
1: Aren't there casinos really close to where New Jersey play?
0: Well, Atlantic City's kind of gone down the drain lately, so all the casinos have been going bankrupt and shutting down, so no.
1: No, okay. Pittsburgh's got a
0: few. So there you go.
1: Oh, man. That's so so harsh on him. Everyone jokes about that stuff. That's not
0: good. (laughs) It's a pipe dream that won't happen, but... um, Yes. ...should. I, I... I've always thought it was a that Jagger watch in twenty eleven when uh, he signed with the Flyers, I, I I thought they should have paid him that three point five or four mil. I I thought he was worth it. I know it was a gamble at the time, but I don't know. That always disappointed uh, yeah.
1: me. That's the way it is. New JM could be different thought process.
0: Oh well. So where do you have um New Jersey.
1: I have them in the in the lower half of the division, so I'm I'm not expecting them to be last, um, but I don't expect them to make the playoffs.
0: I have them fifth out of eight, which yeah, technically they eight. could make the playoffs. That would be the eighth seed. So um, I think we agree there. Yeah. The top three in each division are guaranteed. And then the two wild cards, but both wild cards can come from the same division. It's not equally split. So um, I have them fifth in the Metropolitan, so they would have to be better than the fourth-place team in the Atlantic. Yep,
1: and that's that's definitely possible.
0: It could be, but, you know, they're not...
1: it's tough because everyone plays so many in-division games. It's like they've tried to force rivalries by having everybody play each other so much, mm. and it's just it's just a bit stupid. Because it means, it means teams... It's really hard for teams to catch up, I suppose, if you're constantly playing the same teams over and over and over. It, it makes it difficult for you to, to catch. I don't know. Moving on. Yep. Islanders...
0: Love them. Yeah. I think um, they've dealt with a lot of punchlines over the years, but their offseason did a lot of stuff to improve some of their weaknesses. Not all of their weaknesses, but enough to where I like them a lot going into this season. Number one. Their net? (laughs) Goaltending. Yeah. Palak Johnson, so much better than... Nabokov and Kevin Poulin. Well, anything, was it Kevin Poulin? Happened. I don't even know. I think so. Whatever. But they, that's the,
1: be, that's the best of 50 net since DPA Troy went down,
0: to be honest. He wasn't even good when he wasn't down at times.
1: Oh, I thought he was all right. I thought he was trending in the right direction. Then he blew up, but it doesn't matter. But yes, yeah, this, this pair look great. It looks like it's, it's going to work for them, which is fantastic.
0: That's going to cover up To play with below-average goaltending with a spotty roster, especially a spotty defense core, like you're asking for bad results. You put in a proven, above-average goaltender in Halak and one of the best backup goaltenders in Chad Johnson. Any given night, you're going to get a quality start. And then you throw in... Grabowski and Kuliman to their forward grouping I mean, yeah I mean that's you got Tavares Akposo um who plays on the I can't remember who plays on the left wing on that well it was Molson and Vanek, but maybe they have something different going this year obviously yeah. they're gonna have to because <laughs> those players don't play for them but well that's a bit hot, isn't it um but you still got Grabner and Bailey a and of, Nielsen.
1: It feels like they've got good pairs through their through all of their top, through all of their um, forwards, through their four lines. So they might do a bit of flipping and flopping through the year to try and, and find some of those threes that, that everyone, you know, you got to have sort of three on the line that work well. But, you know, they'll probably just keep their pairs together that, that play well and and and. Flip guys in, see if it works. If it doesn't, flip someone else in, and eventually it'll click. You know, It's hard not to click with a guy like Tavares. So, um,
0: he, may, he may better. hit 90 points this year if he's healthy. He's that good. Yep. 100 is, he's, well, he has the talent to hit 100, but a lot of things have to go right to do it. Um, considering Sidney Crosby barely scraped 100 last year, it, it's tough to predict other people to do it. But he has yeah. the talent, too, I, I believe. And yep. <laughs> I was actually down on that guy when he came out of the draft. I, I thought Duchesne was going to be better than him, and my reason for that was his skating. But it's improved so much, and it's a non-issue now, and I was wrong on that. And he's he's awesome.
1: But what, what's great, though, is that he saw that it was an issue and didn't take the prima donna view, oh, I'll still be all right. He actually got off his ass and worked really, really hard to improve it. So he deserves all the kudos and all the success that he gets.
0: I think one of the wild cards for them will be Ryan Strom. He's, he's a young center for them that's been playing in Bridgeport, more or less. But yep. um, he's kind of entering that zone of regular nhl time and and if he can make a difference that that makes their forward group even better
1: yeah he's not he's not in that year that's boom or bust for him though is he like he hasn't quite got to that point where sort of he's this is the beginning zone of
0: that oh
1: yep yep so he's probably got this year and next year and maybe the year after before people will go you're a bust so be yeah i get what you mean
0: so the forwards will be very good for them. The defense, Vizovsky, I've always thought he's very good. Yeah. Amane, I I I think he does okay. Kelvin Dehan, um, he's all right. But past you know, that, you know, it's 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 like I'd
1: feel way better with their defense, and this is so hard to do, is if they traded for a clear number one defenseman. Everyone shifts down one in the pecking order, and all of a sudden it looks a lot deeper. There's no point, I think, for New York trading for a number three or a number four because they've got a stack load of them. If they're going to go and get someone later in the year, say they're going to make the plus, but they know they need to make a change in their back six, they need to go and trade for, even if it's a guy that's slightly aging, they need to trade for a legit number one or a number two guy so everyone on that on that defensive call just drops down the list one and all of a sudden they, they, they their depth fills out a
0: little bit better. I, I don't think they disagree with you. I, I think I read a Somewhere that they made a run at Paul Martin this summer, a few of them. So I do think they understand that.
1: Yeah, that's all they need. They don't need to try and grab another, you know, Dahan or Matt Carkner. They need a number one, and then everyone all of a sudden looks a lot better because Carkner would then become like a number five or or a number six rather than being that number four, and, and that's where you want him to be. He can play that role quite well.
0: I guess the other wild card for defense would be Griffin Reinhardt. Who they drafted fairly high a few years back, um, i can't I can't say that I know where he quite is in his development i you oh, know, I'm no not idea. keeping personal tabs on every prospect in the n h l but I think he's also entering a a, an, a time period where he could be considered potentially um, starting to press towards an n h l job, yeah, so.
1: Hey, and look, if he if he came in and, and exceeded expectations and became that number three or four, then that fills out their depth again. So, you know, like you said about Tavares, if everything goes right for the Islanders, and it would be nice if things did for a change, um, it could be a really fun year for the
0: fans. I agree. And I think the goaltending will stabilize them. I have them third in the Metropolitan.
1: Yeah, that, that, that feels about right for me.
0: Obviously, because I predicted them and I feel strongly about it, they'll probably finish lower, but <laughs> right now I have them at uh, at third. So we will move across to their crosstown rivals, New, New York Rangers. And, um, well, the reason they were very good and made it to the Stanley Cup final last year was obviously – big part, Han- Henrik Lundqvist, but their depth was really good. And, um, I think that What's took it? a hit, uh, over the off season.
1: It did along with injuries as well. So,
0: and yeah, we'll get into that obviously. Cause much like Caroline and Jordan Stahl, uh, I don't think, um, especially after buying out Brad Richards and letting him go, which I, I don't think was the wrong decision for them.
1: No, I agree. I think that was the right thing to you do. Can't,
0: you can't pay that guy that money going forward. But that doesn't mean his um, departure doesn't hurt the team.
1: No, 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 that's, that's right. And look, they've, they've lost other players as well, which does hurt that depth. And that was the one thing that, that when we watched them play against the Penguins, they could consistently roll out four lines that could cause a problem. Um, that, to me, looks as though that's sort of... Taking a bit of a hit now, and it, it's sort of not going to be as easy to do for them.
0: Yeah, you lose uh, Benoit Pouliot, who um, we'll find a lot of out a lot about him with the Oilers. They, pay, they they're paying him some good coin now. He's kind of a top six tweener, but he was a, predominantly a, a bottom six guy for the Rangers, but a, a very good one in my opinion. And you lose Anton Strallman, who I think is vastly underrated uh, to Tampa Bay. Do his numbers pan out like that? Do his
1: numbers, like, do his advanced stats numbers sort of push that way, or is it just a feel you've got?
0: No, his number, his underlying numbers numbers, are very good. And I think the Rangers are going to really look back and regret hitching their wagon to what I think will be more money with Mark Stahl as opposed to Anton Strollman. I think Strollman is the better player. I think Stahl, um, you, 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 hear that last name and, you know, that's,
1: that's the one thing I noticed last year watching Rangers games. When you end up watching the MSG feed, um, I think it's Joe Nicoletti's there, uh, the color comment guy, their special comments guy. Um, he was bullish on both players, both Strollman and Stall, but you could tell his preference was always if they had to keep someone, it was going to be Stall. It was and it almost felt like you just said he didn't really have anything statistically to back that theory up. It was just a feel he had, and I think it was the name in the end in regards to if you had to do a coin flip, it would be he would want Mark Stall as opposed to Anton Strollman. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. They need that back six to stand up. Basically, anyway.
0: Well, I I see some of the the in the in the Rangers blogosphere, the guys that do follow the advanced numbers and they're they're bracing for being horrified with a Mark Stahl contract, uh, in that 5.5 mil per year range when
1: and are not getting value for money.
0: You 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 let Strawman go, and he's the better. He's gonna be cheaper. It's <laughs> they screwed up, and then
1: uh, that, that it's it's the fun thing I like about the the transition at the moment inside the salary cap era is these advanced stats. This is where it starts to become fun. You know, four or five years down the track, we'll we'll, we'll get to see how rosters are constructed and how things change.
0: No, and the Rangers were such a good possession team last year, and. The, the moves they've made and kind of what they're doing now, it, it almost makes me think Glenn Saylor did it by accident.
1: You're not the only person I've I've read that thinks that either. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see whether um we'll, – we'll see whether um, – oh, I've forgotten his name. Who's the coach?
0: Vigneault. Ah,
1: that's thank you. We'll see whether Vigneault um, can get it to work with this bunch of people.
0: They signed Tanner freaking Glass to three years. How many advanced metrics are they looking at?
1: Well, see, so that's the thing. That's not that's that's not Vigneault's fault. He has to deal with that.
0: No, he's gonna have to deal with. Although he had him in Vancouver, I don't know if he's got one of those familiarity kind of deals with that. Where oh, I had him before. I think he did okay. I, I'm just gonna go with what's familiar to me. He had him in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Everyone knows our opinion of, of of glass anyway, so there's no point rehashing that. Derek Stepan's the big problem, though.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know how they're gonna plug that up. I don't. I don't think they should get desperate or nothing. I don't think they should be going out trading for Vincent LaCavaire or anything like that. No. Um, but maybe Kevin Hayes. I know he's more of a winger, but Right now, they have Dominic Moore penciled in there. Good grief.
1: That's how it it hurts, doesn't it?
0: The only thing... They're lucky. They're one of few teams in the NHL. and, and If you've read my work or listened to this podcast enough times... You know that I don't think that there's much differentiation between a lot of NHL goaltenders. But there are a few select goaltenders that are above and beyond and excellent. And and Lundqvist is one of of them. Yeah, And they can get by if they're responsible enough and, and he's on his game. They're lucky to have that. And they do have that, so maybe it gets him can, by. I don't know.
1: You're right. They can they can ride him until until the roster gets filled out when Stepan comes back. So I mean the timetable for Stefan's about the same as Stall. So um, it's it's one of those things where you, you get there with it and. And Lundqvist can well, he's done it many years before where he's carried the team to almost making the playoffs where they had absolutely no right because their teams were putrid. But he can certainly do it this season around knowing full well that the, the team's going to get healthier and get better in front of him.
0: Yes. And, you know, they took some flyers on guys like uh, Ryan Malone and – well, more so a flyer on Ryan Malone. But they have Lee Stempniak too, and between the two of them, um Malone makes seven hundred thou and Stepniak makes nine nine hundred thou. So six one point six million between two of them. They may get good production out of both of them. I know That's they'll get true. good production out of Stepniak. Um Malone's a little bit of a wild card, but um I think there's Ag on his face and I think he knows it and I think he'll be committed to his craft this year. So Yep
1: Um That would make do okay.
0: So I personally have them fourth in the division, um, um, and that and I had that before Stepan's injury, but yeah, um, see, I
1: had I had him, you know, in that two to two to four slot as well, floating around there.
0: I think I'm you to the... stand pat with that and and still have them fourth. Um, so
1: am I? Am I assuming at the moment that? you're thinking the Penguins are going to win the division again?
0: Well, we're not there yet.
1: <laughs> we're almost there. Aren't we? Who's next?
0: We're at the opposite end of the spectrum oh. with the
1: Philadelphia Flyers. Sorry, the other Pennsylvania
0: team. Yeah. Um, here's how I'll sum up the Flyers for next season. I think they're closer to Connor McDavid than the playoffs.
1: You think they're on that much of a slide? Just yeah. for that one snapshot year, I mean.
0: No, there's nothing here that makes me uh, confident. or I, I just don't expect much out of them. And a lot of it has to do with Kimo and going down. He was their best defenseman. And I think he's out. I think
1: we all agree that the worst thing that happened to them was Chris Pronga. No. Just that destroy well, injury, yes. But... Yeah, that, no, no, that's, that's what I mean. Just what happened to Pronger, that just destroyed everything that they had. And now they've lost their best defenseman, their most consistent all-round defenseman as well. It's like, holy smokes.
0: No, you're right. Um, Chris Pronger is a favorite of mine. I know some people are going to disagree, but I grew, no, up, all right. I grew up when we didn't know concussions were bad. So in hindsight, yes, he was dirty, but... <laughs> that was the way of the world then, um, you know Scott Stevens era. So, yes. but they, they invested assets into him, expecting him to play for them. Yeah, and that's it did happen. This, yeah. and they got that's behind the eight ball, like. and they have they had a GM that was more focused with, can I win now? Can I win a playoff round this year as opposed to, bigger picture, can I win multiple playoff rounds next year or beyond? And Paul Holmgren didn't care about the future. He cared about the now.
1: Well, he doesn't have a job anymore.
0: No, well, so you're right. He's not the GM. I think, I think they still pay him to be on some capacity. But...
1: Unreal. 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 They have good forwards. Yes, they do. Their top six I quite like.
0: Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, Reed, Chen, Couturier. I like all of them. Yeah. Umberger, Le Cavaillet, not so much.
1: I I still I still do not understand that Umberger Columbus trade with. I would have kept Hartnell if I was the fly, but that's just me.
0: They wasted their buyouts on Briere and Brisgalov and didn't have enough for Umberger or uh, Hartnell. Yeah. Umberger's term was shorter than Hartnell's, so I think they're just eating it for the short term, knowing maybe they won't be bad. I don't know. Yeah. But their defense is. Well, Mark uh, Strite is the best, and Coburn are the best too.
1: I like Coburn, but he's a number three, four, not a number two
0: yes and that's all andrew mcdonald's terrible and they're gonna pay him five million yeah for the next one two three four <laughs> six, six six is it six years Jeez. one two God. three four yeah <laughs> i'm <laughs> laughing said, on the podcast here they're paying that guy five million a year for the next six kid? years he was terrible on the Islanders, and they traded, they gave up assets for him. He, oh, he's an anchor. Oh, well. I don't know what... Scuderi contract's bad, man, but Andrew McDonald contract, holy cow. That takes it to another level. Paul Martin makes the same amount of money as Andrew McDonald.
1: Yeah, okay. That's that's where it starts to become <laughs> a bit silly, isn't it?
0: Oh, uh, sorry. Um,
1: no! Nice. This is... And they've gone to taken a one point three million dollar flyer on Michael Delzotto.
0: Hey, I'm fine with that. That's it that's a product of Timonin's in, injury, but you know, taking a flyer at one point three million on a guy that used to possess puck skills and do okay, that's fine. The Andrew McDonald is on a whole different level. Bad. Um, not to mention Luke Shen, who <laughs> they gave up James Van Riemsdyk for, by the way.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be a sore spot. Um, and
0: and then you get into Steve Mason, who who people were... Um, Flyer fans were, were happy with his performance last year. Um, and I think it's a lot like how people look at Flurry, Like... Their standards so low, when they hit league average, you're like, oh, my God, great. But it's still league average, and the track record shows the opposite. Um, Steve Mason is not, if I was a betting man, he he won't replicate last year's season. Uh, His overall sample size shows exactly the opposite. I don't know why that should magically change, because he's a flyer now.
1: If you're a Flyers fan, you've you sort of got to pray that he does. Like, I like Ray Emery as a goalie, and I actually think his ceiling can be quite high, but he's proven that he can't get his body to stay in one piece, and he's also proven that he can lo- lose the plot and do silly stuff. So um, it, it's an interesting pair you've got back there. Um, whenever you talk about goalies, like you said, you think there's very little variance between one to the next, except for probably an elite five that are there. Um, and you get there with a guy like Steve Mason, and if he only does hit average, you want his cap hit to be average, and his cap hit's not. That's the problem.
0: No, you're right.
1: So you're not getting you're not getting a a, a good value on each save or, or each goalie lets in. It's costing too much.
0: Yeah, and the, the the Flyers are spending
1: right now. Yes, they they spend every year. What do you mean net right now?
0: No, I know, but they're 4.9 million above the cap right now, but Chris Prongers, the 4.9 million, kind of how Mark Savard, they got to put them on long term, right before the season starts. So. um, That's amazing. I have them. out of the playoffs from the sounds of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Right above Carolina. So you'll put them okay. So
1: you, all right. Do so you think Washington will be better?
0: Well, look at you, amazing.
1: Sorry, look, we've done no preparation for this, guys. So right now, <laughs> I'm trying to piece
0: it together as he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, I have the Flyers seven. Yep. Oh, that's all, that. That makes sense. Love Drew though. Um, not to go through the Flyers and not mention him. I I think he's terrific. Uh, I, I know he's hurt right now at the beginning of the year, and he slumped at the beginning of the year last year. He's he's terrific, and, you know, eventually he'll get some help and, and the Flyers will start to trend upward. I just don't think next year is that year.
1: He He's one of those players, you go, he just wears the wrong jersey, you know? Like it's hard to appreciate what he does because most of the time I'm, I'm spending the time hating the Flyers when I watch them play. I find it really hard, even when they're not playing against the Penguins. If I'm watching a Flyers game and they're playing someone else, subconsciously I want the other team to win. So I, I find it difficult at times to separate that volatility towards the Flyers from what he can do on the ice. And, and when you, when I do eventually do that, I go, you know what, this kid can play. He is really good fun to watch.
0: He is. Above his hands. They're 7th place, though. Yeah. <laughs> but to uh, the rivals, and um, the from 7th to 1st... Yeah. Um, I have them first. There's a lot of unknowns. Pittsburgh Penguins. Still have Crosby and Malkin. And yeah, in the regular season, their- that's good enough.
1: Um, I don't know whether these guys... I don't know whether they'll win the division, but I still reckon they'll at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think th- I don't think the team that we're going to see opening night is, is going to represent at all what the Penguins are come day one after the trade deadline. I think they'll be a different team. How they go about making those changes, I'm not sure, but I don't think it'll be the team we see now.
0: No, but I think um, even the team now, first, first place in this division, I think... Um, Every team has their weaknesses. Not every team has Crosby and Malkin. And yeah,
1: we cover a lot of weaknesses.
0: Yeah. I mean, look at last year. What what they carried for the the, the bottom six for Pittsburgh last year was embarrassing. Yet, you they were I've,
1: I've considered a
0: disappointment not making the Eastern Conference final.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you said at the start of... At the start of our podcasts, you got there and said, it's a transition year for the Penguins next year. I don't expect them to go very deep. They just don't have the depth in that bottom six. And in the end, it was you know Crosby and Malcolm that carried them through. And as soon as both of those players stopped producing in the playoffs, well, that's when they lost. So if you can gather some more depth in that bottom six and get average goaltending when it matters, they're going to be better. In
0: theory. In theory, correct. Obviously, you got to play the games, but um, they, <laughs> they they improved their bottom six.
1: They improve their back six as well.
0: Yeah, Christian Erhoff is going to be awesome. Him and Latang, they're playing together right now. It's going to be awesome. They're going to be one of the best pairings in the NHL, in my opinion.
1: So the only issue you've got there is, do you put... Paul Martin with Rob Scuderi and lose some of Paul Martin's no <laughs> or do you put him with Oli Motta and yes. then just whoever else the Paul bastard is plays with Scuderi?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: we'll see whether that Scuderi transports.
0: is um, It's a bad contract. It's a lost cause. Don't drag the best down. Just try to hide them the best you can.
1: Yep. So put one of the young guys with him and just pray that they don't get burnt.
0: The the unique thing about having Letang and Erhoff playing together is, Letang and Martin were awesome in the playoffs last year. Yeah. But is there a little bit of writing on the wall to where they want Erhoff and Letang playing together as opposed to Martin because they know that he's moving on?
1: Never thought of that. That's not a bad thought, actually. Because he's up at the end of the year, isn't he?
0: And I don't think he's expressed strong interest. No, maybe he has a desire. I don't think it's a strong desire. And I think that's a big reason why they decided to sign Christian Erhoff in the first place, which for one year, four mil is a genius move, even if he walks at the end of the year. Um, But I do think Christian Erhoff will re-sign to something in the ballpark of what Paul Martin originally signed for,
1: yeah.
0: the oh, five-year 25 mil, except I think yeah. Erhoff will be in the 5.5 million range. And yeah. in January, I think, is the earliest they can re-sign Erhoff. I think the thing to look for is Erhoff re-signing in January and then the Penguins trading Martin in that January to trade deadline um, area. I don't think they'll trade Martin before they officially have Erhoff. That'd be um, nuts. That'd be crazy to do that. But, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. They, they may have a gentleman's agreement already. Yeah. So.
1: Before we get, before we get too in-depth on all the Penguin stuff, because we could do that very easily, they look deeper up forward, which is going to help them out in regards to um, not getting whitewashed when the when the bottom six are on the ice and being stuck in their own zone, so there should be improvements there. Like we said before the podcast, hope for that Craig Adams guy ends up being the 13th forward and, and doesn't really play. Um, but the team the team looks like it'll be all right. Bo Bennett gets hurt again. There's something new. Um, nothing you could do about him getting hurt from from what you told me. So they look like they're a better team. Maybe it's just habitual that we expect them to to win the Metropolitan. Um, we'll we'll see how it goes
0: yeah um, Bo Bennett got clipped with uh, Capitan's skate on his heel today Um, it looked like a non-contact like total knee blowout from the early reports and I don't think that's the case so that's very good Bo Bennett's been a guy I've been high on if you've ever Heard me talk about him for a while. I know the wrist injuries have been a thing. I think today is a complete fluke. He's he's looked great in the preseason. I think but he's, he's a top been, six he, guy. I think he's a game he's changer for their uh, you know forward depth. And he should be a top six guy for them.
1: Yep. So, he's been their best forward so far.
0: Um, Malkin hasn't skated or done anything yet. I'm not really concerned about it. Even if it's a Something that drags into the regular season. I mean, uh, does anybody really have a concern that if he comes back in November, <laughs> he's no, getting mean, Malkin, So, so. Yeah.
1: Um, they look, they look fine, and and I suppose that the big thing that's different as well is it looks like they may have a backup that can be a, a spot starter if they need to.
0: I think he will be the starter.
1: By when though, because you know who they're going to roll with.
0: No, I have no problem with them starting with with Flurry to start. I, you know, that's how, you know, hockey culture works. He, Flurry's the guy. We'll go with the guy to start the year. So that's what they're yeah. going to do. Um, Grice is interesting. His pre-NHL numbers aren't great. His NHL numbers. <laughs> Are way above average. Um, does he fall in between the middle of the two? I don't know. I I, I want to see him get starts to show us that. You, what what you is know
1: in, You know how in all the sports there are some players that play up to their competition. Yep. Maybe Grace is one of those.
0: The I'm willing to, to say, bet my money on it. So? I think what was that? I said I'm willing to bet my money on it. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll see, though. Um, He's a wild card, um, but it's one that I'm predicting he'll be the uh, starter by the end of the year, much like Fokun was the starter by the end of the year. Fokun and Grice both play more compact, controlled styles, which I like more than the out-of-control uh, raw athletic style and I understand which one's more enjoyable to watch but if know. you're an end results guy um, <laughs> the the Grice Focun style makes you feel a little bit more comfortable.
1: Yep. I haven't had a chance to, to actually see any Grice's games yet so it'll be I'll be interested to see. Is he slated to be the starter tomorrow for the Columbus game? Don't know that no, right, Because I was thinking of getting up at six a.m. and watching it, but we'll see.
0: Well, oh, if you guys sleep in, I would. It's still preseason.
1: Yeah, I know, but I've missed the hockey, so.
0: <laughs> Where do you have Pittsburgh?
1: Um, well, you get there and you do think, oh, they'll they'll be first, but I I honestly don't know. I mean, I would not would not surprise me at all if. This is going to sound crazy. If Columbus get Johansson back early enough, so they're not having to chase points to try and get first in the division, I think they
0: can win the division. Johansson will be playing in October.
1: Well, if, if he's if he's on the roster before the end of October, I think that Columbus can win it, and Pittsburgh will be second, and then it's a coin flip the rest of the way through. To be honest, even even with even, I think the only team I think that can't make the playoffs is Carolina. I think even Washington can get on enough hot streaks to get...
0: Hey, now we're get, not to them yet.
1: So I know, they're, they're next. <laughs> I'm just saying that. It's one of those things where the way this thing, this division is, it only takes a team to have a bad month or even a bad two weeks and they can fall out of a playoff position and another team can have two good weeks and they're back in. So as bad as some teams look, the one thing I like about the salary cap is that you can't be totally terrible, terrible. I mean, you know, you've got your Buffalo your Carolina sort of situation where, you know, mitigating factors have set them up that way. But I, I can't see, a, I can't see a team streaking away with the division and I, I can't really see anyone but Carolina bottoming out. So Pittsburgh could be anywhere from one to three.
0: I have them one. Yep, that I don't sense. have them running away with it like last year, but I have them as a strong one. I think there's deals to be made there. Um, I think they will eventually trade for top six help. I think their young defensemen uh, Brian Dumoulin, Scott Harrington, Simone Dupre.
1: They're their chips. They have That's chips there. Chips. I
0: would trade at least one of those three. They have Brandon Sutter they could trade because Marcel Gotch is more than capable of being a third-line center. Um, and you throw a first-round pick in there, you're, you're talking about two trade chips, one of the three defense prospects, Brandon Sutter, that you already have replacements that can make fill in at the same level. So yep. it's like a non-loss. Yeah. The first round pick that... would be the the loss of the deal, so you're you're kind of almost trading pieces that I don't want to say they don't matter because they do. They're, no, they're, they're good perfect, players.
1: They're they're excess assets. You've already got the spot filled by another player somehow. So it's like which of these two, which of Gotch and Sutter, will get you the biggest return? You go, okay, Sutter. Let's see how much more we can add to that Sutter trade to get something larger back for us that we need. It's just it's just. Moving assets around it's not it's not complicated. It's just making sure that whatever you you give away you get back What you're after you might overpay, but if you get back the piece that you're missing Then you're okay with the overpayment.
0: It's like a hypothetical Sired to pray in a first. What can we get for that? And you just float it out there. and if Nothing comes that you want you you don't pull the trigger on it, but you float it and Two of those players, you already have replacements for in spades. The first round pick, it's a cost of doing business for for a high end or middle end, middle to high end player. So if they make a trade like that, you know they're even more supplanted as as first in the division. Up that top end, yeah. So uh, I have them first. I have them
1: somewhere near there as well. It's hard to believe that they'd fall off and miss the playoffs or anything like that. So it's one of those things where, you know, top one, top two. Can't argue with that, really.
0: And um, last, not least, because Carolina's in the division. (laughs) Washington. Um, Alex, great player. You got to start there with Washington. Alex Ovechkin gets... um, a lot of crap for whatever reason. He's their best player, one of the best in the league. He's one of the best at what he does, score goals. And people can what he nitpick him. I think the surrounding cast has been the culprit for the lack of his team success, not him.
1: We'll, we'll see how that changes over the course of the next 18 months.
0: Correct, but... A lot of people like to make him the scapegoat of the Capitals, and I I, well, I just the don't buy the franchise. The I get that. I franchise. get that, but uh, the the guy that's controlling the franchise was George McPhee, and he he did a poor job. He did.
1: His replacement didn't do a much better job signing Warpick, though.
0: <laughs> Jesus, um, <laughs> you want to know a big reason for why Chris Letang has ups and downs? He's had that yeah. ankle brace with a big ball and chain attached to it that's name was Brooks Orpik for a, a long bit of time. Um, he's one of the most overrated defensemen in the league. and um,
1: He's one of the most overpaid now.
0: You, correct. Um, ever since the Penguins-Stanley Cup, they, they lost... Um, they they started putting him in a shutdown role. They they qualified him as a shutdown defenseman, but he he never did a good job doing it. <laughs> no. Yeah, he played the role, didn't do it well.
1: Uh, what what didn't do pick any good is over the course of two and a half years, he had two sports hernia operations, and I actually thought he was playing well until he got that concussion on the ice, and then he just went to the pack. His numbers might not bear that out. He might have just been bad the whole way through, but he lost a step from those hernia operations, and he wasn't fleet of foot to begin with. So his ability to change direction, um, start and stop, was hindered greatly. And um, coming off the second hernia operation, he just wasn't quite the same player. I thought he improved. Um, and then after the, the Sean Thornton incident it just went south for him severely
0: yeah no disagreements there i he made 3.75 mil in pittsburgh and what that was a that was well overpaid for what he was giving them he's going to be banking 5.5 mil a year now for I believe another 5
1: how he got a raise, I have no idea. Niskanen and deserves the raise he got, but that's just baffling. The, the way what they're paying him, it almost forces the the coach to play him in a top three position, and he's really a, a,
0: a, five, a six plus six. seven.
1: Yeah, like just that's the way he ended it in Pittsburgh. Who knows? It might be different in, in Washington, but
0: no, um, no, you don't have to pretend it's going to be different. He's he playing done. with freaking Chris Latang.
1: I didn't say it was likely. I said it might. No. <laughs> N- would, you play, would you play Niskanen and Mike Green together, or would you separate them?
0: I would. I would try it. I would. Yeah. I, thought, I, yeah, I would too. Niskanen's pretty responsible. He's he's really good on uh, preventing zone entries. He he's. He's not bad. His, his re-signing just didn't make sense for the Pittsburgh salary structure.
1: Correct. Um, didn't
0: fit. He'll, he'll do fine. I, I, I think he's he's an all right player. Put him with Mike Green. It's, fu-
1: it's funny. You know, one of the knocks on Niskanen is that, for one of a better way to put it, people say that he's soft, but he doesn't have to be physical because he's got good gap control. He has a good stick. Just because he avoids getting hit when he don't, doesn't want him, it doesn't mean he's soft. You know, I don't think anyone wants to get wants to get leveled. So there are just times where he steps away from a check that looks like he's soft when in reality he's just making sure he doesn't get it. Well then Nick
0: Lidstrom's so. soft. And if Nick Lidstrom's yeah, soft, no. then I want That's to be soft. Best.
1: That's the best example. That's a really good example of it. And he, you know, he's obviously not Nick Lidstrom, but he has that same sort of style and feel about him when he plays. Putting him with Mike Green might help Mike Green out a lot because he is responsible. He he, he was able to settle the team when he did play with Latang, So
0: it could be a blessing for Mike Green. Niskan and his puck Mike skill. Green? Mike yeah, Green certainly do. has puck skill. That is his yeah. thing. And... Mike Green is probably one of the most pivotal pieces of the Washington Capitals puzzle this year. can can he start to play like yep. he used to play at least from a, a, an offensive standpoint? You put a guy like Niskanen with him and get the most out of him. Yeah, here's the problem yep. though. you got Carlson and alsner and then what oh, that you're, you're gonna pay the they, they didn't pay Orpic to be the fifth guy. Even though when I'm looking at this roster, he's the fifth guy.
1: But that, but the thing is though, that's on the coach to have the balls to play him as the fifth guy and just go screw it. I didn't put 5.5 million dollars next to his name. He's the fifth guy. I play as the fifth, and you play Olsner and Carlson as the as a three four. I, I I agree with you. I don't, like he should play. Will
0: but yes, we agree. Um. The other wild card for them I think is uh Evgeny Kuznetsov. If if he can start yeah, to show can, some uh, offense. Yeah. Um yeah. that'd be something. If if he can make the jump to the NHL level. And I know he played a few games last year, but if he can put in a full season and uh, be a difference maker, that, that that'll carry them a lot further than I have him currently pegged. Yeah. So
1: I suppose the other thing for me is, is Hulpe as well. I mean he's the number one guy now.
0: He's underrated. He has very good underlying numbers. They should have never traded for Halak. And we spoke earlier about Halak being good.
1: Yep. Yeah, there was no need. There, there was wasn't a, a need.
0: They they needed other help. Play. They didn't yep. need that help. Um Hulpe he's more than fine. No concerning goal. Focus on the other areas, at least in my opinion. Yep. So, um, where, where do you have them?
1: Um, probably, if I think about it backwards, I'd go Carolina, Philly, Washington. Well, actually, no, I'd go Carolina, Philly, um, Devils, Washington, and then flip a coin for the rest. So what would that make him? Fifth
0: or sixth? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm in the neighborhood. I have him sixth. I have
1: him sixth. I mean, it only, it only takes, like you said, because Netzov to come out of the blue and, and and blitz, or Ovechkin to start doing more than just scoring goals, or Backstrom to suddenly start scoring a lot of goals, and that team suddenly becomes extremely dangerous. So it's the one thing that's that's fun about most of the division is that if things go right for the teams the way all the teams want them to, the teams can suddenly spring up and sort of come good out of nowhere. And then it's the complete reverse. If something goes wrong, like a serious injury or a player totally slumps, they go backwards. So it's the it's the cool thing about it being so tight.
0: Well, that's why we um so interested in the year beginning. Yeah. yeah we don't know absolutely. if this is how it's going to play out.
1: It feels like such a long off season this year.
0: Yeah, it does. But it's almost over. We're uh hey. we're we're a week away. Hey. Really? Really? Yeah. Correct. About that a little more, but about a week away. So. Wow.
1: Good thing I'm it's a good thing I'm living on my own at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have sort of free time to watch it.
1: you're right the 10th of October first game wow oh I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover today so far yeah got the division done so we'll look to obviously get the other divisions done um, going through and um, get all 30 teams covered off and we'll we'll see how it goes we cheated today we know the metro division pretty well so (laughs) started there
0: yeah, so I suppose that does it. It does. All right. Well, sure, promos. Sorry for being off for about a month, but, you know, things out of our control. Um, but the one thing that we do have now, if you do happen to click on our Hockey Hertz links, we have an Amazon banner at the top of each article. And if you're planning on making any purchases through Amazon.com, click on that banner. Um, It's not gonna give you malware, It's it's not gonna do anything to your computer. Basically what that does is it takes you to the regular Amazon that you'd normally go to, except filtered through our site, we get a little bit of a kickback. It um, doesn't cost you anything. Your Amazon purchase is unchanged. But because our site kicked you to the, uh, your purchase, we'll, uh, we'll get some money thrown our way. So if you want to support us and you love buying stuff on Amazon, just click on that banner and uh, you'll help yourself, you'll help us.
1: It'll be great. Yeah, it'd be
0: nice. <laughs> so, I know it's an extra step, um, but, hey, just throwing that out there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gunner Stahl. You can find uh, Cameron at Walshy66. And uh, you can find our work at HockeyHerds.com now that we're back up and running. So, we're actually going to try to pound out the Atlantic and uh, Pacific and central divisions uh, in the next few days as well so we're gonna try to pump out some content after being off for a month so be on the lookout for it so
1: uh, if you have any questions for us just use the hashtag hockey hurts one word that way we if you've got questions for the podcasts and stuff we can um we can pop them in and, and do it that way
0: so. We'll um we'll have the next division out in the next few days. So until then, I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. See you then.